On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Irok the end of Chacht Erechor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vientolam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing while we're here inside the media centre at the Stade de France. The lovely staff here uh, have given us our own little corner and even lights, Rory. Like, it's all about it's the lights. Professional. Feels very professional. <laughs> Feels a bit more professional than our normal setup. But, you know, it's a bit inside baseball, but there's like very strong restrictions on where you can and can't film. So this is the little corner of the press room where we, we are able to, to kind of yeah. to record. So it's good. It's, it's good. A, Ireland have trained. South yeah. Africa are on their way. So... Um, all building nicely. We got drenched this morning. Soaked. Yeah, the rain 40 is 40 minutes waiting for Ireland to start their Well, yeah, you were down on the pitch. I had down for a while and then I was like, what am I doing here? I don't even <laughs> need to be here because I get a few things from my Instagram. But no, it like coming out, it, like the rain has been torrential the last two days. It did clear up nicely last night and it is supposed to clear up before kickoff tomorrow night, which is important. Um, it actually, by the time Ireland, Ireland arrived, oh, as, they, as you their know, timing they was had their meeting, it yeah. lasted exactly 45 minutes. The rain cleared and by the time they yeah. were on the pitch, it was nearly sunny. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they they were cleverer than we were, but I suppose we had to be there at the, t- at the <laughs> point of time waiting for them. But um, yeah, everyone, all 33 players mm. trained. So like they couldn't be in a better shape going no. into this game. Um, and I suppose, again, what happened to Anton Dupont, um, you know, his injury just reinforced what can go wrong at World Cup. And actually, just before we, we go to you on, on that, Rory, uh, Paul O'Connell was actually asked about that at today's press conference. <laughs> I haven't heard anything whether he's <coughs> out or not but um, yeah it was disappointing for him he's obviously a brilliant player he's on unbelievable form he makes them I think you know a lot of teams play very similar rugby but he, he makes them very unpredictable he's very unorthodox in how he plays the game he runs across the pitch he kicks off both feet um, he's very strong in, in the tackle for a scrum half um, so he gives them a real unpredictable edge to their attack, and um, if he's gone, there's no doubt he'll be he'll be a loss. Um, it'd be a shame to see to see to see if he's out of if he's out of the tournament because he's a brilliant player and he adds to the tournament. So, 
Um, I hope he's okay. See what happens in the quarterfinals. So, Tony, what is the latest on Dupont? So, I think judging by looking at our website this morning, it's the story everyone's talking about. Even though Ireland, France, or Ireland, South Africa is the big game this weekend, he's such a global superstar. He was hit high and hard in an awful tackle by um, Diesel, the Namibian captain. I mean, everything World Rugby are trying to avoid in one moment. Their most marketable superstar being knocked like you know, basically head high tackle, head on head. It was a shoulder and head or head on. I can't remember, but the the high tackle, he's left with a, a, a facial fracture. I'm not going to use the medical term because I, I I'll I'll butcher it. Um, he was in tears in the dressing room. He you know he looked very sad going off the pitch. I think he knew that this was going to be a, a massive impact on on his competition. Maybe the end, and then he had to wait in the dressing room with the Toulouse president uh, Didier Didier Lacroix. There's some unbelievable reporting in French media this, this morning about it. So I'm basically rehashing what they did their own stuff. But Midi Olympique, Midi Olympique have a a very good account of what happened. So he's in tears in the dressing room with Didier Lacroix, waiting for the French doctor to finish his pitch side duties to come in and assess him. Then they brought him to a, a hospital in Aix-en-Provence, um, near Marseille, where they're staying. A beautiful place that's kind of shrouded in kind of misery this morning. And, and uh, apparently fans made their way to the hospital to stand outside and say their prayers. And his partner and his agent were in there with him. He was assessed. He stayed there overnight for observations. And this morning, they've confirmed that he's fu- he has suffered a facial fracture around his eye, his eye socket, upper cheekbone kind of area. I'm no medical expert, as you can probably tell. Um, they say it's... The pe- people with knowledge of these injuries say it's about a three to six weeker, which would... I think if he has surgery, he's out of the tournament, yeah. but they're going to try and find a way of not doing the surgery and getting him back on the pitch as early as the quarterfinal, more likely the semifinal. Um, I mean, you would hope that his safety has been, is paramount to everything and they're not going to kind of force the issue with an injury in that area, you know, around your eye socket. Like, there's bigger bigger things in life than rugby, even though the World Cup is enormous and he's a great star. Reminiscent of Dan Carter in 2011. Um, Brian Driscoll in... Similar enough injury to, to Driscoll yeah, in 07. Beyond, yeah. um, but, so... Look, we don't know at this stage, and Paul O'Connell said, you know, we don't know whether it's how long it's going to keep him out, but it's a massive oh, it's impact. It's a stinker. On, it's awful. And if, it, it may end up benefiting Ireland. If Ireland lose tomorrow night, beat Scotland, they probably play France in the quarterfinal. And you'd much rather play France with Luku than Dupont. But at the same time, you want to beat the best in the world. You want to see the world stars at the, at the you know, and Entomac's already out. So it's, it's, I think it's awful news. It's an awful look for the game. It's just all, all the bad stuff about, around rugby in one, kind of encapsulated in one moment. You'd hope. You, we're hoping that he is able to play a part, but I hope it doesn't come at a cost to his health long term. Because if you rush back from an injury like that and you try and play with a, some sort of mask, you just don't know what sort of impact it could have on your future health. And that's I hope paramount at the center of everything. Yeah. So we've just uh, come from the press conference as well with Paul O'Connell, as we mentioned, uh, Mac Hansen and Josh van der Fleer. And I was just saying to you before we started, I think it's really notable uh, with the Ireland setup now how they are not afraid. Uh, to talk them, not necessarily even talk themselves up, but not talk themselves down, which they're is certainly what certainly won't talk to Springboks up. I know they, they'll respect them, but they're not going to be their hype merchants. In fact, Paul O'Connell says, you know, that they probably don't focus on the opposition as much as you guys think that they might as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's a marked contrast to the Joe Schmidt era. Um, not to keep harking back to it, but like Joe would have used the Springboks as a chance to talk down the press conference. He would have named all twenty-three of their, all thirty-three of their whole squad plus a couple of lads they'd left out. Um, it was just his way of doing things, and it was he always loved talking up the opposition. He loved to tr- pronounce the names perfectly. You know, it was all it was part of his style. It was part of the, you know, someone would always ask about it. And we'd all just go, oh no, because we'd be here for about five minutes, and none of it was usable because he was just listing names. Andy Farrell 
like obviously he knows who all these Springboks are, but you won't hear him talk about them in the press conference. He wants to talk about his team. He wants to project Ireland's strengths. I thought it was noticeable that they put the World Player of the Year up on Josh, the eve of yeah, the big game. Yeah. Josh van der Flair, um, you know, it just again reminds everyone we have the World Player of the Year in our team. You know, Matt Hansen, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, a character who, you know, he's asked about his who hair. Might change African, his hair. Yeah, <laughs> media, uh, media were asking about his hair. So it just, it's lighter, it's offbeat. And O'Connell's just a brilliant speaker. And, and you know, I really enjoyed listening to him about the game. But again, it was more about Ireland's strengths than South Africa's strengths. Yeah. And we all get sucked in. I think it's the aura of the Springboks. It's the aura of the fact that a world champions. Like, you know, they deserve a lot of respect. But we do sometimes, I, I find on social media, everyone swoons when they see the South African team. And then 7-1 split was such a big topic of conversation all week. But like Ireland need, need I don't know if they need a nickname or whether they just win the World Cup so that people react in the same way. But that Ireland 23, I think it's a better team, a better 23 than South Africa have put out at the weekend. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And here's uh, just Paul O'Connell talking about the, the tactical challenge that, uh, that will come tomorrow. That's going to take a big performance for sure. They're, they're an, an excellent side. Um, they've been together a long time as a group, uh, together a long time as a coaching group as well. And they obviously understand how they want to play and how they want to deal with certain situations in the game. They've, uh, I think they've developed their game since the last World Cup and developed their game a lot since since last autumn in particular. Um, so it, our boys are under no doubt about how big a challenge it is. Um, you know, it, it, they obviously present a big physical challenge. I think we present a big physical challenge as well. And they present a real tactical challenge as well. You know, they're, they're a very smart side and that's probably one of the things you admire most about them is is the smarts they can bring along with their physicality. So uh, um, I think it's a strength of our side as well. So, um, you know, we, we, we speak about uh, this Irish team and what this Irish team stands for. And uh, uh, I think they've got to bring everything they've brought to the big occasions they've been in in the last few few years. You know, we've, you know, we've had a test series decider down in New Zealand in, in Wellington. Uh, we've had a Grand Slam decider. Um, you know, we've had uh, a, a tough uh, autumn series against uh, some very tricky opposition. And the boys have always found a way and figured it out. And it's a real strength of theirs. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to play super well tomorrow, but they're also going to have to figure things out. And, uh, and, uh, it's something I really enjoy watching them do when 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 they have a challenge in front of them, how they manage to figure it out as a group, and uh, they're going to have to do that at the weekend. So, talk tactics to me, Rory. What's the like, going do down start with this game? I mean, I think, yeah, you know, Josh was obviously up, so the breakdown came up, and the breakdown is especially in that second half when they roll off the three fetchers they have on the bench: Van Staden, Fury, and Quagga Smith. You know, they're going to go after Ireland's ball, Ireland's. I think something like 70% of Ireland's uh, rooks in the two games they've had previously were between zero and three seconds, which is the sweet spot. The LQB, lightning, lightning quick ball that the Kiwis identified about 10, 15 years ago and has been the kind of mantra for every good team. And, and Ireland's, Ireland play off quick ball more than any other team. They rely on it. Um, it's the source of which of their whole game. And South Africa are clearly going out to try and slow that ball down. They're going to dirty the rook. They're going to dirty them all. They're going to try and get scrums. They're going to low ball and play. They're going to try and grind Ireland into a battle and then roll on those seven forwards to try and grind them even more. Now, Ireland will try and fatigue their outside backs. I think they'll go after Colby and uh, Kurt Lorenz in the air. I think they will use their kicking game. And listening to Ron Rogari yesterday talking about how you beat the blitz, it's like, don't go around it, go through it. Attack soft shoulders and, and limbs. Um, force the high tackles, force the mistakes. 
build pressure through that way. It is one of the most fascinating clashes of style we've ever seen at a World Rugby World Cup, I think. It's, it is the team that plays the fastest against the team who use brute force and, 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 and bloody ignorance. They have lots of brains as well as the brawn. They're a really smart rugby team as well. Well coached by Razzy Rasmus and Jacques Nienaber, who, you know, Rasmus is sometimes a caricature, but he is incredibly razor sharp rugby mind. They have a plan. They've been building towards this for years. And like if Ireland can get that quick ball, if they can get the spring box moving around the pitch, if they can get a lead, which is crucial, if they can go three, they may, well, South Africa want to go three, six, nine, Ireland usually score in sevens. Both teams will target a fast start. But I do think that Ireland have the capacity to, to get South Africa on the run. And if they can get that fast start and make South Africa chase, Libox kicking isn't up to it. They don't have Pollard on the bench. They've no backline replacements. They can't really change anything tactically to go after the game in that way. Um, but they can use their slow poison, grind you down, get, get you into the corner and keep you there for 20 minutes like did against New Zealand. It's, you know, the, the game could go one of many ways. Um, if it goes that way, then Ireland might be in trouble. If they can play fast, they have them. And Ben O'Keefe has a big role to play that. The New Zealand referee, um, you know, he has, he's got a quite, quite a low ball in play at this tournament so far. He's, you know, he's used to refereeing the South Africans. You know, he's very experienced, but that would be a bit of a concern. I think they would prefer maybe to have uh, a Northern Hemisphere ref at the same time. The scrum interpretation is going to be huge and a French ref would always go for the, the team going forward. Like, I think you could talk about this. We could stay up all night talking about this game. Like, it's just fascinating the, the, the different ways in. But I think Ireland have more aces than South Africa. And if they can play the game on their terms, they win. Yeah, OK, I'll get your prediction in a moment. But first of all, we also caught up with former Ulster and South Africa scrum half Ruan Pinar to get his view on this weekend's game. Ruan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, firstly, you have decided to play on for another season with the Cheetahs. Um, yeah, so I'm signed till June next year. Um, yeah, I just don't seem to get enough of this. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think I'm still playing. Um, I know the end is close for me, but I must say I'm still enjoying it. The body is still feeling all right. Obviously, the first few steps in the morning is quite challenging. And after that, you you start to warm up. But yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still competitive. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoy waking up in the morning and going training. So yeah, I'm almost done, but not yet. I think you turn 40, is it next year? Um, so how impressed are you with somebody like Johnny Sexton, He's 38 and he's, yeah. you know, still able to perform at that top test level. Yeah, I think it's amazing. He obviously looks well after himself. Um, you know, to play test match rugby at uh, 38 is incredible. And he's obviously still playing some really good rugby and he's still a very important uh, player to this Irish team. So, yeah, I think it's, it's incredible to see still see him out there and playing at another World Cup and obviously in an Irish team that's doing really well at the moment. South Africa defending World Cup champions against the number one ranked team in the world, Ireland. Is this the kind of game you'd love to play in, Ruan? Yeah, I must say. And obviously there's a few Ulster men that I've played with as well. So it's good to see them involved with this, with this Irish team. Um, but yeah, I think it's a massive game this week. And I think everyone is so excited to see what's going to happen. Um, uh, I, I don't know which way this one's going to go because Ireland's really playing well. I think South Africa's need some nice form before this World Cup. But um, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, it's an exciting World Cup so far and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watch it this weekend. And some interesting decisions that uh, Jacqueline Arbor and uh, Razi Rasmus have made. You know, they had the four scrum halves last week and they've gone with the 7-1 split. Because of what they have achieved with South Africa, do they have, you know, people's confidence in, you know, the decisions that they're making? 
And I, I think so, yes. And I think it was a strange one a few weeks ago when they did the same against New Zealand and Twickenham and obviously worked really well. Um, I think they're really spoiled for choice with a pack of fours they, that they can pick from. I think it's uh, yeah, it's incredible that they can feel two completely different packs, but they don't lose anything. I think uh, the quality they have is, is obviously incredible. Uh, I think Malcolm Marks at Luca was a big loss for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's there's been a bit of controversy around this decision with them going for seven-one split. Some people like it, some don't. Um, so yeah, I don't think um, yeah, it's, it's probably the most popular decision. But I think they've they've they spoiled for choice up front, and they've got players already in the starting lineup that can play a number of positions. So I think for this game, they feel it's the right way to go, and uh, we'll see if it works again this weekend. Yeah, do you agree with us that the seven-one split? Um, I, I I don't know. It's the first time we saw it a few weeks ago, and um, I didn't really know what to make of it. I think it's a strength of South Africa. I think a lot of uh, teams don't have that luxury, like I said, to have so many good forwards. And when you take one pack off and put the the, the next one on, there's no drop in, in quality really. So I think South Africa is spoiled for choice. And um, yeah, like I said, it's there's a bit of controversy around it. I'm I'm not too sure yet. Um, I think South Africa have got a lot of players that can, like I said, play a number of positions. I'm, I'm not too sure what to make of it. Obviously, is there? do South Africa kind of feed off the aura that they have at World Cups and as former champions? You know, even the names, the bomb squad and, you know, the, the sevens. Do they, do they like having that aura around them? Yeah, I think so. And I think South, South Africa normally when uh, things have gone against them or um, you know, they've taken a big loss. They've managed to bounce back straight away. Um, I mean, this is an experienced team. A lot of these guys uh, was involved in 2019, so they know what it takes to to win a World Cup. And obviously, they've added a lot of uh, youngsters that's put up their hands over the, the last four years and they've included them in the squad. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think this is a really good South African team. But then again, they're playing an extremely good Ireland team. I think they've ticked a lot of boxes along the way in the last four years. A serious win in, in New Zealand, which not many teams will will do. Um, they're Six Nations champions. They've turned over most of the top nations in world rugby. I think they're still unbeaten this year. So I think it's all made out to be a, a really, really good clash this weekend. What about the kicking game, uh, Ruan? And who do you expect to kind of to come out on top in that area? Um, yeah, I think... I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, I obviously like the way Ireland play. They keep the ball for many phases. It's difficult to get all of the ball once they get going. Um, it's a high-tempo game. But then they've still got Johnny Sexton and the intelligence of all the players around him to know when to kick and when to keep all of the ball. So I think they still have, although they play an incredibly um, likable brand of rugby, they still have the intelligence on the field to to play well. I think Jameson Gibson Park is, is in great form. And then you still have Conor Murray on the bench, um, which obviously is a is a great number nine, and he's got a great kicking game. Yeah, and then South Africa, I think that's that's been a strong point. The kick chase game uh, has been massive for them since 2019, really, and I think that's the way they won the 2019 World Cup. They just suffocated teams and made it tough for them to play against. Um, but I think Marnie Lobok has brought something different to the side. I think they they uh, yeah, I think they're looking to play a, a little bit more. Um, I think you've got, you know, obviously you've got someone like Jason Col- Colby and Orange and Damien Valimso 
who's a you know, incredible ball player. So um, I think they've mixed it up nicely this year. So um, so yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I'm, I'm I don't know which way this this one's going to go. You mentioned Manny Libok there, and maybe some expected that we could have seen Andre Pollard on the bench, but, but he's not for this weekend's game. Is there concern about, uh, and you know, obviously very, very talented player, but is there concern with regard to his place kicking? Because this is an area that we're so used to South Africa being very consistent on. Yes. Um, I think back home, yeah, there has been a bit of concern about that. Obviously, he's, uh, he's, he's a great distributor of the ball. Uh, like I said, he's bringing something different to our attack. But yeah, obviously in a World Cup, especially crunch matches like this weekend, goal kicking will be massively important. We know how good Johnny Sexton is. If they get a penalty in a kickable position, he'll, uh, 95% of the time he's going to kick it over. Whereas Marnie has probably been a bit of a mixed bag uh, the last couple of months. But we've seen him in the URC kicking really well. So I think uh, yeah, I think he just needs one game where he kicks really well and get a bit of confidence. But yeah, this weekend is a is a big one, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he can uh, find his rhythm this weekend. And obviously, we've got the scrum half battle. You know, Fav to Clark, Jemson Gibson Park coming back in there again for Ireland. Yeah. How key is that? Because Ireland will want to play with a certain tempo. And uh, you know, how yeah. key is, is Gibson Park? You know, for the way that Ireland will want to play on Saturday. Um, no, he's, he's massively important and it's going to be interesting to see if Ireland can handle South Africa's rush defence. Obviously, they've got a lot of big boys that's physical and uh, I think their defence has been incredible um, for a number of years now. So they're tough to break down, but like I said earlier, Ireland can keep the ball for a number of phases and, and the, the temper they play with and how quickly Jameson Gibson Park and Conor Murray gets rid of the ball is, uh, you know, I don't think there's any team that can really stop it once they once they get uh, get that going. Um, so yeah, again, I mean, there's so many great matchups uh, within these teams, and uh, but that's definitely one. I think if South Africa can stop their momentum, then maybe we'll see Ireland, uh, you know, playing a little bit more conservatively. Uh, if not, then I mean, it's it's tough with a rush defence. Once you get a bit of momentum and quick ball, it's hard to rush again. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if South Africa can stop that. But then again, Ireland need to stop the big uh, South African pack. I think they'll they look forward to the set pieces, scrumming, um, a lot of mauling and stuff. So yeah, it's it's going to be good. Yeah, and how do Ireland counter that uh, rush defence? And uh, you know, and obviously for them, like getting a good start is really important because South Africa tend to <laughs> squeeze teams. You know, um, once they get ahead. But like, how how should <laughs> Ireland counter that rush defence to to combat it? Uh, yeah, I think Ireland still, they, they've got a lot of good ball carriers themselves. I think Bundy Aki has been incredible this, this these first two games. Um, Caelan Doris has been good. Um, no, I think Ireland themselves have got a lot of good um, good ball carriers. But like I said, once you breach that rush defence the first time and they create quick ball, then it's tough to come again. And then South Africa will have to think about about their strategies. But um, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, I've, we've also played against rush defence in the past and it's really tough if a team is well organised and they get it going. Then, I mean, it's tough. But I'm sure, I think we've got two uh, smart um, coaching staff. So I think they'll come up with their plans. Um, so yeah, it's going to be good to see um, what tricky plays Ireland come up with. There's also always a few tricks up their sleeves. And and then obviously, you've got Rossi and his teams that's, that's done the same in the past. So, I think there's matchups all over, even with the coaches. So uh, yeah, that that can make us excited for this weekend. And so, just finally, what way do you see it going? 
So I've been asked this. Uh, I've had a few uh, interviews this week, obviously with my connection with Ulster Rugby, and um, yeah, I, I I really don't know. It's uh, I, I'm sitting on the fence with this one. I'm not too sure where this is going to go. I think uh, it's going to be a really tough. I think it's got the potential to be the game of the tournament. Uh, world number one against world number two. Um, world class players across the across the field. So yeah, I, I'm not. I'm going to sit on the fence in this one, and I'm just going to enjoy the game and do that. Enjoy the game, Ruin. Thanks, Emilio, for joining us. Okay. Thank you Thank very you. much. Good to chat to you guys. So prediction. Rory, uh, I, I am pretty confident about this weekend's game. Matt Hansen was in the press conference earlier saying, you know, a bit of nerves. Of course, there is going to be nerves going into this weekend's game. But you almost can't not be confident though as well in some way. Is that- like, I, I think there's good reason to be confident as Irish people. There is um, the record, 15 wins in a row, 27 to 29. Um, they've beaten everyone along that time. They've grown as a team. They've, they've overcome adversity along the way, as we all know. You know, the word of the year in Irish rugby under Andy Farrell. They're incredibly relaxed. But they've got to get it right on the night as well. It can't just, it's not a case of turning up. They, they haven't, they're not that good. You know, you can't just turn up and, and, and beat the, the box. You need to be smart. You need to be fast. Um, you need to impose your own game as they've been talking about doing all week. I suppose the one big thing that, to remember on Saturday night is um, that this is not the end for either team. This is this may be Andy the first Farrell of two meetings. Yesterday. Yeah, it may be the first of two meetings between these teams, especially with the pond out, that you can realistically see a path where Ireland meets South Africa in a final um, with Pollard back, which is a game changer. Um, but I think you look at that Irish 23, Dan Sheehan back on the bench, you know, Rob Herring so unlucky to, to lose out. There are weapons everywhere for Ireland. Now, there are there are frailties like every team and I think, you know, one or two injuries in certain positions and Ireland might be in a bit of trouble. But as we look at it now, not knowing who's going to get a red card and who's, I think Ireland have, the path to victory is very clear for them. If they show up and they perform, they have a right good shot. But that might not be enough against the world champions. If they play to their maximum capacity as well, we could be in for one of the great games and um, that's what I'm anticipating. Yeah. Uh, well, we are going to be back here after tomorrow night's game. It's going to be late one again. We're going to record the podcast uh, straight after the game. Uh, so do keep an eye out for that. But thanks for listening. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.